everybody. You're listening to me, Ruta Lee, on the Dr. Sky Experience on Talk Radio WABC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Dr. Sky Experience, heard exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Many, including myself, call WABC the crown jewel of radio, the iconic 77 Talk Radio, WABC beaming out of New York, the nation, the world, and the cosmos. And as we move into the end period of 2023, how about this, folks? A repeat guest to the Dr. Sky Experience Legendary actress Ruta Lee will be joining us, talking not only about some of the passions that she has, some of the organizations that she's honored to be a part of and helps so much with our veterans and lots of stories. And the last time we talked about her brand new book, and I quote, Consider Your Ass Kissed. Ruta Lee is a Canadian-American actress and dancer who appeared as one of the brides in the musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. She had roles in films including Billy Wilder's crime drama, Witness for the Prosecution, and Stanley Dunn's musical Funny Face. It is also remembered for her guest appearance in a 1963 episode of Ron Serling's sci-fi series, The Twilight Zone, entitled A Short Drink from a Certain Fountain. Ruta Lee, it's such an honor to have you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. How are you today? I am exceedingly well, and I have one correction to make. Yes, please. That I am a Canadian actress, singer, dancer. I certainly uh, was born Canadian what? of Lithuanian parents, but I'm a very proud American citizen from the time I'm 16 years old, which is a century ago. So um, I'm an adopted daughter of these blessed United States and so proud of it. Thank you. Well, Ruta, I stand corrected here, and as I'll say again, a Canadian American actress. Who's very proud to be an American. Ruta, in our last interview a number of years ago, it was really amazing. So many people enjoyed hearing your stories. And I wanted to start off here today just talking a little bit about some of the things that are new in your life, and there's always something going on. But I know you're so passionate about the Thalians, and I'd like to have you explain to this audience, just in case they didn't hear anything about that, because this is amazing, and, and what you do to help not only you know veterans and people, of course, that have great need. To describe your activity with Thalians. I'd be so happy to. First of all, Thalians was born out of the need of a group of young Hollywood performers who got tired of being called hard-drinking, pot-smoking uh, asses that had nothing to contribute to society. And they said, you know, we hang out and, and sing around the piano and dance and carry on and do jokes and everything. Why don't we put a show together and uh, sell tickets and raise money for a charity? And yes. so they sent out Mamie Van Dorn and Jane Mansfield, two of the biggest bra sizes in the world, to find a proper charity to give our money to. And they came back and said, well, all the good diseases have been taken. So they found a wonderful doctor who was dealing with emotionally disturbed children, which he described like a rotting apple in a barrel, that the entire barrel would be infected if you didn't take care of that one child. 
And so we worried about beautiful young children that needed help for 18 years. In those 18 years, we collected millions of dollars and wow. we opened our own clinic, the Thalian Community Mental Health Center, which was the first building that went in at Cedars-Sinai, that huge complex. Yes. And we, we started that complex. And we dealt with patients from pediatric through geriatric care. Then, many years later, almost 50 years later, someone came to me and said, That's you incredible. You know, it's such a great organization as you're describing here. And you've also had, what, in just recent time, honoring the great actor Gary Sinise. Tell us a little yes. bit more about that. I think this that's another amazing about, story in itself. This all came about, darling, because my friend came to me and said, you're missing the boat. And I said, on what? He said, you're doing everything for people from pediatric to geriatric, except you're missing the veterans, the people that are willing to put their lives on the line for us, no matter what hellhole in the world we send them to. And they come home, and sometimes they slip through the cracks, and they wind up homeless and, and uh, careless in the streets. So we suddenly said, okay, and switched our focus to returning veterans. And one of the blessings is that we've honored everybody in the Thalians, from Frank Sinatra through Lucille Ball, through Whoopi Goldberg, uh, through, you name it, Sammy Davis. We've honored some of the greatest people in the world, including our darling, took me 20 years to get him, Clint Eastwood. But how proud we were to have Gary Sinise, this wonderful actor who has dedicated so much of his life to our veterans, our beautiful yes. returning people. And we honored him just two weeks ago now. And what a glorious event it was. Uh, we, we weren't in our usual establishment because they hadn't finished decorating. COVID uh, gave them two years to do it and they hadn't finished yet. So we wound up in the Brentwood Country Club and I laughed because I said, we're doing a Christmas party in a Jewish country club. How fabulous, yes. how Hollywood and how American can you get? Absolutely there, Ruben. That's incredible, and I just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Dr. Sky Experience, a very special holiday edition as we talk with a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking today with Canadian-American actress of Lithuanian descent, Ruta Lee. Her stories, we could fill hours and hours. We did this a few years ago with her, talking about a book that had come out called Consider Your Ass Kissed. Great stories about her time in Hollywood, dealing with the stars and also the charities that she works so proudly for. Our producer on the Dr. Sky Experience is none other than Richard Dugan, Dr. D. We appreciate his expertise in pulling this all together and making it sound as good as people would expect. You know, Ruta, i got to ask this question. This is amazing. I did my homework for this particular interview, and here's what I mean. I went out, and I had never seen the movie before, and I'm going to be honest with you and the audience. Witness for the prosecution. Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich, Charles Lawton, yourself, you know, without me telling the end of this movie to anybody who hasn't seen it to be a spoiler, I am so honored to speak with you about this. This movie, literally, I'm going to recommend it. I know it's a little late in life, maybe, because people have seen it many times since 1957. But 
That's such an amazing role that you play in that. It's such a critical role. Describe that whole experience with Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich, Charles Loudon. Wow, that must have been some some mind-bending experience. Tell us about it. Well, you know, I was so young and stupid that I didn't realize what an extraordinary experience this was. And I'll tell you the story of how I got it, which is really amazing. But once yes. I get the role, Charles Lott had been described to me as a very difficult person, uh, a very gay persuasion, didn't like girls, uh, just do my work. And, and you know, the, the guys in makeup and hairdressing and everything were sort of filling mm-hmm. me in on how to, to get along with everybody on the set. And I walked into the, I came into the picture about five weeks after it had already started. And they had put two sound stages together and built to three-quarter size a replica of Old Bailey, the courthouse, the London courthouse that was yes. famous. And it was an amazing experience to walk onto that set. And everybody was sitting around in a little British tea circle, sipping tea and talking. And nobody said hello. How are you? Nobody said welcome. Nobody said anything. And I stood there for the first time in my life wishing the floor would open up and swallow me. And I didn't quite know what to do. And someone came along and whacked me on the rear end. And I went flying across the room and I turned around and it was Charles Lott. He said, that's the best damned ass I've seen in a long time. I was so amazing that he cared and he pouted if I didn't come in and say hello to him the first thing in the morning. And he was then, of course, still married to Elsa Lanchester. And they they couldn't have been nicer to me. And they helped me with that middle British accent that I had to have that's a little tougher than uh, Cockney or very grand uh, British, you know. Yes. Uh, but but the, the way I got the job was very interesting. How's that? I, I had never seen Frank Sinatra live, and I was invited to see him uh, and a, a large group of people at the Mocambo, which was suffering terribly because television had just come in in the fifties, and and uh, the nightclubs were doomed to die, you know, and mm-hmm. so. Frank said, I'll come in and play a week, and then Dean will come in, and Sammy will come in, and Victor Moan will come in, see if we can't get business rolling. And opening night, his entire stage was filled with orchestra. So he was standing on a very tiny dais in front of the stage, and we were directly under Mr. Sinatra. And I spent the entire show staring up at him, and you know, my darling, that nobody was ever or will be as mesmerizing as Frank Sinatra was live on stage. Just How about that? Simple. And I was totally captivated by him. And somebody in the audience was further behind Frank Sinatra, but because of the layout. And a note came to the table asking my host to bring me to their table to meet himself and his wife. And he hmm. went over and he said, Hello, my name is Arthur Hornblow, Jr., I am a producer, and I am producing a film that is shooting right now that is Mm -hmm. called Witness for the Prosecution. And I have just given you a very unique screen test. Because of where I was sitting, I was able to watch you watch Frank Sinatra. And I think you would be a very good love interest for Tyrone Power in our film. Will you come in and meet Billy Wilder, our director? 
Amazing. It's tomorrow too soon. And I went in tomorrow and met Billy Wilder, and they put me on camera for a few minutes, and Marlena Dietrich took one look at the rushes and said, Nick, nine, forget it. She's blonde <laughs> like me. I became a brunette overnight, and that's how I got the job in witness for the prosecution. Wow. And then to top it off, a couple of years later, if you knew Frank, you knew that he loved having a big Italian dinner at home and then to run a movie for his friends, a new movie. And the movie that they were running that day was Witness for the Prosecution. And Frank said to his partner then, Howard Koch, you know, I've been watching this Ruta Lee chick on television, and I see her around a lot. She's pretty good. What do you say we put her in in our upcoming movie, one of them? And Howard said, my God, you picked one of my favorites. I love working with Ruta. And that's how I got to be the leading lady to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop in Sergeant 3. Don't you Wow, know that's amazing. Is that a Hollywood story or what? That's amazing, Ruta. You know, this is amazing. I'm going to ask you ahead of time if we can do a part three sometime because... The stories that you have and the experiences in Hollywood and all the different genres of acting, I think, is just so amazing. But I got to go back one more or two more questions or comments about witness for the prosecution. Working with the great Marlena Dietrich, I mean, how how was that? Describe her because I think, well, in that movie, obviously, you begin to dislike her intensely. But we find out in her real life, she did so much to support the U.S. troops and even Hitler really had the spies for her because she wouldn't join the uh, Nazi party, of course. Talk about your experiences working with Marlena Dietrich. I'd love to hear that. A young actress, it's amazing that I didn't learn to hate her as well, only because she was very, very cool. I called her the Ice Queen. She really, maybe maybe it's just she didn't care for young girls or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was very nice. She was pleasant enough. And then Later on, when I re-met her on stage and off stage, when I went to see her or she went to see me, she was very, very nice. But cool was the the picture of her then. She had very mm-hmm. little to say to me or to do with me. However, I admired her tremendously, not only because she was damn good at what she did, but she knew camera angles and lighting better than the cinematographers did. And if she asked for a little little inky-dinky light to shine under her chin or whatever, and the cinematographer would say, we don't have it, she did. She carried a trunk that was lined with that lovely foam stuff in which there were niches for every kind of camera that she could possibly want as an theory. Isn't that amazing? Totally amazing. She learned, and she knew makeup, and she knew everything, and she was wonderful. And and when I saw her on stage, I admired her uh, tremendously because she was wow. not a young woman then, but uh, she really knew how to get it together and be totally divine and wonderful, and and sometimes, but still beautiful. This is incredible. I mean, I'm going to make another shout out for this movie because, again, I did my homework for this, and I'm honest with you, the audience, always. I had never seen this movie, and I know there was a second iteration of this in modern day times, but nothing, I'm sure, compares to the power of this movie. 
you watch Charles Lawton in, in that movie, and it's like amazing. I mean, he almost seemed like a, fear, a fearful kind of character as, as he portrays himself in as this particular high and you know very powerful uh, you know judge or however he is lawyer and attorney in this even higher. But it's an amazing piece of American history. I mean, this movie should, and it probably goes down as well, one of the all-time greats in, in Hollywood. It it's does. just uh, off the chart. Enough. So you get the last word on that, because we've got a few more things we'd like to ask you about uh, in our short, but very important uh, opportunity here on the Dr. Sky Experience today. Thank you. Sir. Anything else you want to mention to us about Witness for the Prosecution well, that people may not know? It is one of the top 100 films, according to the critics, that was ever made. And do you know that my very first job, and still my favorite, I guess I have to say, uh, was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And it yes. is also one of the top hundred. Isn't that amazing? And, and MGM had no idea that they had this fabulous sleeper. Uh, the big money went into Brigadoon, which was being made at the same time. Right. And that, that cost amazing. a fortune to make, whereas Seven Brides was kind of the sad sister that... Uh, came out to be on top in the, in the very end. Isn't that marvelous? It is. And we also, Mark, as you know better than anybody, uh, obviously speaking with you, the legend, you know, the, another birthday passage of Frank Sinatra here, but there's also something, if you don't mind me going down a different path into the sci-fi world, the Twilight Zone, who doesn't love the Twilight Zone? I mean, the Dr. Skybrand talks about space, astronomy, science, and guests like yourself, you know, legendary actors, actresses, and musicians. But this is interesting. You are in an episode of the Twilight Zone called a short drink from a certain fountain. You play the role of Flora Gordon, as you know better. But here's what's interesting. This actually appeared 60 years ago today was the release, according to what I've read, December 13th, 1963. Describe working with Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone, because it's one of my favorites, if not everybody's favorite, for classic television. I think you are among millions that consider it one of their favorites, Twilight yes. Zone. I mean, stop and think that Rod Serling was a powerful writer to start with. Not only that, he was handsome, he was gorgeous, he was rich. I used to have dinner with him once in a while, but that romance couldn't go anywhere because he smoked continuously. Yes. I mean, <laughs> one cigarette would be about to be put out, but another one was lit before the other one died. Amazing. And I, I, it was just intolerable, you know, but, but he was a divine guy, and I really loved working with him. And stop and think of the things that he wrote about have come to be, well, then so much of science, supposedly science fiction, yes. has become reality in daily life. I mean, stop and think how we used to giggle about a radio on a, in a wristwatch, you know, that, that Dick Tracy had. <laughs> Dick Tracy, right. And, mm -hmm. and all of the things that existed that exist now, and oh my Lord, that's the only thing I loathe about being as old as I am and kind of getting nearer and nearer to the day that I'm going to meet my maker, um, that I'm not going to be around to see everything happen. But then on the other hand, maybe it's not all going to be so good, so who knows. Well, Ruta, you know, you have such powerful energy, and I'm not just kissing up here. It's amazing. I mean, your spirit is like electric, and really, seriously, it, it's just an honor to speak with you about this. But in the short time we have today, talk about the proud Lithuanian heritage that you do have, of course, 
and visit by Lithuanian president and the first lady. This also is an honor. And if I'm correct, you've restored your Lithuanian citizenship also, if I'm correct. Yes, I have Canadian citizenship, Lithuanian citizenship, and American citizenship. And of course, (laughs) I'm very thrilled and happy that all of those wonderful countries um, tolerate me, never mind love me, you know. Uh, Yes. it, It was so wonderful. And it was amazing. All of this happened with Lithuania because years ago, I did, I don't know how many, hundreds of broadcasts for Voice of America, decrying and really speaking of what a horror communism was. How they ever let me into that country was amazing. Uh, Of course, it was because I did something outrageous and called Khrushchev to get my, my... to get permission to go to the Soviet Union to see if I could find my, I didn't know if she was alive or dead, grandmother. And so the Lithuanians always took heed because they listened to me on those Voice of America broadcasts. And had had they been discovered by the Soviet authorities, they would have been prosecuted and probably shot for having shortwave radios. Exactly. That was not, not allowed. And when I got the the privilege of going to Lithuania to find my grandmother, it's only because after I got permission from the Soviet Union to go, um, that my publicist at the time said, you've got to let people know that you're going because God forbid they should detain you. And I had gotten permission to go and to take my mother and father, who could be detained according to... Uh, our State Department as primary citizens of the Soviet. But I had a lunch quick before I left with a marvelous man who was the head of the AP wire services here in in Hollywood, James Bacon. Mm -hmm. Beautiful reporter of Hollywood to the world. And he did a story that I never saw because I was already on the plane heading to the Soviet Union saying, Starlet fights Khrushchev uh, gets permission to go to the Soviet Union, and you couldn't get into those satellite countries of Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland, Czechoslovakia, unless you were a very high Communist Party official. Exactly. And right. the reason that they were so nice to me there and took me to find my grandmother into a hospital that she had been brought from this tiny village up on the Baltic Sea down into the into the city was that this story of Jimmy Bacon appeared worldwide. It made front pages from China to to any of the Arabic countries, to Israel, to London, to, to Paris, everywhere. And, of course, they didn't make it to the Soviet Union. But what else did they have to do but be nice to me because the eyes of the world were upon this silly girl who had taken her family back to Lithuania that they hadn't been in in 35 years, you know, since they left. So I'm so grateful to people like you who carry the stories forward, who let the truth be known. Yes, there's joy and laughter in what you have, too. Thank God. Absolutely. We need joy and laughter. Yes. Also let some of the bad news be heard. And things that need to be fixed be heard. And that's what's great about us in America is that we give a damn about what's going on.
really going on in our country. And what, Absolutely. What Let the truth set us taught. free. There's always be about truth. But, Ruta, this is amazing. I mean, you're so humble about this. Reading into the backstory on this, you're so persistent. Now, that's a blessing. And that takes a lot of effort. You continuously tried to get in contact with the then-Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. And then finally, through all this effort, it succeeds. And just a side story for myself, I never obviously got to talk to the Soviet Premier, but as close as I ever came to that, I had a business relationship on the air with his son, Sergei Khrushchev, a very interesting man, kind of looked like his father, a genetic copy in my mind. But that's an amazing story. I mean, not any single American who doesn't have any kind of persistence is ever going to get to get to talk to or convince a Soviet leader, especially during the time when, you know, the Cold War is as strong and frozen as ice. I uh, salute you. I mean, that's that's just totally incredible. Part of your story, which is amazing. But there again, I was young and stupid and peerless. <laughs> <laughs> and but it, it proves the point that I, I, I hope anybody that is listening to us today will take into account if you want something badly enough, you can make it happen. Because if you really stop and think about it, I was filling out these dogs for 12 years. These dogs were an invitation to my grandmother with that lovely BS of, you know, you're an old lady, you're a burden on the community and, and on your family and on, on the state. Uh, come and live with me in California where the climate is better for your health, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that had to be done in Russian, in English, and in Lithuanian. She took it to the local commissar in Siberia, where I first started making out these visas, and then later in Lithuania and everywhere that she went. And they'd be dazzled by all the ribbons that are attached to it, uh, because you had to have a, a, the notaries sign it and stamp it, and then the city had to their seal on it, and the state had to put their seal on it, and then the State Department in Washington had to put their seal on it. Oh, absolutely. Which a lot of red tape. Yet, 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 and six months later, I had to do a whole thing all over again. And I did that for 12 years. So the point is, folks, if you need something and you want something, usually in these blessed United States, if you can get somebody in the press to pay attention to what you need, you will get help. And America. Rooted, you say it. You say it so well. You're going to hear not this, but the audience will hear this. We're going to take an excerpt of your life story, a star with a secret. They're going to hear this as we now move on with our special guest on the Doctor Sky Experience, legendary Canadian American and I should say Lithuanian citizenship guest, a very superstar in my mind. And to many around the world, Ruta Lee. After a life filled with hard work, Ruta Lee finally opened up about the biggest regret of her life, which was turning down a contract that would send her to immediate stardom. Continue watching to learn more bizarre facts about Ruta Lee and how her regret has affected her life. Ruta is in her 80s and is still keeping active. 
Ruta Lee has kept it busy in Hollywood for just a little bit over six decades, and she wouldn't have it any other way besides being the center of the spotlight. What made Ruta Lee an overnight success was the moment she got cast as the youngest bride in the 1954 film Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Her convincing acting skills eventually led her to thrive in acting and showbiz. Ruta soon found herself working alongside famous actors such as Frank Sinatra, Fred Astaire, Audrey Hepburn, and Lucille Ball. And nowadays, at the age of 84, Ruta still keeps on impressing everyone by being active and being one of the leaders of the Talians, a charitable organization devoted to mental health awareness. One of Ruta's most recent attendances was when she went to visit the Marilyn Monroe 17 Years in the Making exhibition at Beverly Hills's Edward Lowell Gallery. The exhibition was held by the owner of the biggest Marilyn Monroe collection, Andrew Weiss. The exhibition was to celebrate what would have been Marilyn's 93rd birthday. She became a famous actress because of her dancing abilities. Ruta speaks openly about her journey in an interview she had with Fox News. When she was asked how it all started for her, Ruta said that it was no big discovery. When the actress was 16, she landed her first television gig on the Burns and Allen show, for which she actually got paid money. This experience was unbelievable for young Ruta at the time, as Burns and Allen were huge stars back in the day. Ruta was eventually offered to play a couple of those shows as well, but her attempts to reach fame were not as easy as you think. At the time, Ruta was not only working for the show, but she was also attending high school, studying for her exams, and even taking part in theater. She received even more television gigs once producers saw that she still had energy left to burn by the end of the day. Her hard work paid off, and Ruta finally got a shot at becoming a huge success when she was cast in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. However, she did confess that her audition for the role was a bit off. Instead of showing her acting skills, the casting crew told her to do something folksier and dance a little bit for them. Now, since Ruta was in ballet at the time, she did manage to impress the casting team after flawlessly performing the Lithuanian polka dance. This would soon convince the crew to give her the role. In the interview with Fox News, Ruta believed that there was something that happened on the set of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers that has always lingered in her memory, even after decades have passed. Lee revealed that she vividly remembers one time when she was rehearsing along with the other cast members. The rehearsal was for the first time in six weeks and was organized at a studio rehearsal hall. But since the crew hadn't rubberized Ruta's shoes, she did a big slide back and fell forward onto her face, hit her head on the planks, and went out like a light. Choreographer Michael Kidd was the first voice Ruta heard, saying, Don't worry, she's all right. She just dropped a quarter down the slot and she's trying to find it. Fortunately, the blunder happened during the practice and not in the midst of the actual production. All the same, she wound up with a goose egg on her head. Her hairstylist had to bring down her bangs to conceal it. Ruta thinks her success came from appearing in a low-budget movie. When the actress was asked what she thinks made her so popular, she responded by saying that it was because of appearing in a low-budget film. Now, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers wasn't exactly the lowest-budget film ever made, but it was indeed lower than the average-budget MGM spent on their films. Producers of the film thought this movie was a cutesy pie kind of thing they'll make. It turned out to be the biggest moneymaker for them. And the fact that it was done with a lot of stars, with some having previously done a lot of dance films, was a major factor in the movie's success. But still, all the actors were still kind of new to movies. That possibly contributed to the actors giving their best and resulting in creating an amazing film. 
Ruta believed that Frank Sinatra was the funniest man on the planet. Ruta and Sinatra became really close friends after meeting on set. She revealed that Sinatra was the funniest person she had ever met. When they were shooting a movie, the poor director would have to calm everyone down after they would not stop laughing from Sinatra's jokes. But once Dean Martin paired up with them, shooting a movie would be almost impossible as the jokes and laughter would not stop. However, Sinatra also had a really hard side of him, which was rough to deal with for many actors, even Ruta. He never wanted to reshoot a scene more than twice. Usually, he would act a scene only once, and the directors just had to work with that footage. Sinatra was used to such a thing, but Ruta, who was somehow a newbie to the acting industry, would not know what to do first, which was to act or laugh at Sinatra's jokes. Ruta Lee thought Audrey Hepburn was as thin as a stick in real life. When Ruta met Hepburn in person, the only thought that came to her head was the fact that Hepburn was as thin as a toothpick. So Ruta finally gathered the courage to ask whether or not she was on a diet. The actress gave Ruta a shocking response, telling her that she loves to eat. But in order to keep her slim figure, what she would do is order all her favorite food at once and only had a bite on each plate. Hepburn then shocked Ruta even more when she said that she never eats a full meal and only eats bite-sized portions when she's invited to lunch or dinner. Ruta Lee lives with a big life regret. Many stars in showbiz eventually end up having regret for something they could have done differently throughout their careers. A similar thing is also true for Ruta Lee. There is no doubt that Ruta looks fabulous even at the age she is at, but she has revealed that she often regrets not reaching superstardom and wonders what she would have done differently to make her career better. This regret often comes to mind when she remembers turning down the contract that she was offered at Warner Brothers back in the day. At that time, Warner Brothers asked her if she would work for them for $750 a week, which was the highest salary an average actor would get paid by the company. Instead of thinking about the opportunity, Ruta just asked Warner Brothers why in the world she would sign her life away with them. But now, the actress always wonders what her life could have been like if she was to sign that contract. Would you regret missing such an opportunity if you were in Ruta Lee's shoes? Let us know down in the comments. Thanks for watching, guys, and make sure to check out the next video in the series. Ruta, I want to thank you. Is there anything I missed in this short interview that you wanted to tell our listeners? Because, again, it's a privilege and honor, and I hope we can do round three sometime to discuss many more things about your life and the great stories, particularly your relationship with Debbie Reynolds. I think that's another phenomenal story, too. But anything else you wanted to share with this audience before we say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and, and your family? Well, my friend, until I get off my soapbox, I just want to say, dear people, Please remember that we alone uh, do not stand tall and straight and strong. We, uh, together, we stand strong. And uh, it would be a good idea to remember that uh, we do have a maker. Somehow, uh, there are voices and guardian angels that help us along the way. And uh, just remember to be grateful for what you've got in America. Because Absolutely, Ruta. We were so bad. Thank you so much. And I want to thank uh, Harlan Ball, who was, of course, involved in setting this up. We appreciate your time and his. Please stay on the line with us as we go to the hard break at the bottom of the hour. That concludes this exciting edition. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, as you tell us, 
with Dr. Sky Experience, heard exclusively on Talk Radio 77, WABC, the crown jewel of radio, as many say, and I agree. The iconic 77 Talk Radio beaming out of New York City, the nation, the world, and I'm sure the cosmos. Rudely, thank you for your time today and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you for yours.